0: Wonder Thing Studios proudly presents Archivos Brainstorms episode 115. You've tuned into the Archivos Podcast Network. I'm Dave Robison, and you're listening to Archivos Brainstorms. On Archivos Brainstorms, we invite writers to come onto the show and pitch a story idea to us and (laughs) our esteemed guest host. And then we dive into it, rooting around like looking for gold in the ground, panning, seeking out those bright, shiny story nuggets, polishing them up, forming them into beautiful jewelry, and then wearing it because that's what you do with gold literary or no you don't wear it that just makes absolutely no sense at all but ultimately we're looking for that wonderful wonderful resource that we call literary gold and dear friends once again I'm flying solo Marie billido is off fighting the good fight against mediocrity and tedium with her glitter cannon and fabulosity she is missed but she'll be back next time I promise but for now let's go ahead and continue the the awesomeness that was started just seven days ago during a fabulous conversation during Archivos Insights. Please welcome back to the big chair here in the Archivos Podcast Network, Beth Cato. Beth, I'm, I'm still reeling. From our conversation last week uh, and then continuing to uh, discover new insights and possibilities. So that was a fabulous conversation. But I got to tell you, I'm keenly interested in brainstorming a story with you, ma'am. Thank you so much for making the time.
1: Thank you. It's great to talk with you again, Dave. And I am really excited to brainstorm too. <laughs> do you,
0: just out of curiosity, do you brainstorm? Is that is this something that you do on a regular basis? Or is this uh, uh, something of a, of a unique experience for you?
1: It is a unique experience. It's not normally um, a group process. I don't have a local writer's group or anything like that. It's normally a very solitary, frustrating, head-banging into keyboard process.
0: <laughs> and I can hear all of the people in the audience nodding, saying, yes, yes, exactly. Well, cool, I think, I think you're going to find this to be a, a, a wonderful and liberating experience. Um, But before we dive into that, I'm I'm curious, you've you've had some wonderful achievements and introduced us to some wonderful characters and fabulous stories so far. So I'm really keen to ask you this next question, Beth. What is coming up in the world of Beth Cato?
1: Well, in the immediate future, I'm going to be at World Fantasy Con of San Antonio the first few days of November. And I'm really excited to go there and see lots of writer friends and hang out and get some good barbecue while I'm at it. The important (laughs) stuff in life.
0: (laughs) Priorities. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) But yeah, and then while I'm there, I'm I'm also going to be releasing my new short story and poetry collection called Red Dust and Dancing Horses and Other Stories. Excellent. That's come out with Fairwood Press. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the title story is actually a horse story set on Mars where horses can't exist.
0: Ah, hence the Red oh. Dust. Got it. Okay. Hence
1: the Red Dust, yeah. And I've always loved that title, so we went with it for the whole collection. And it's really a pretty diverse group of stories and poems. Uh, it goes back from, like, my earliest prose story published in late 2009 up through last year there's some steampunk in there some alt history um some civil war stories there's straight out space opera science fiction urban fantasy it's it's totally a bit of everything in there
0: (laughs) it sounds like a delightful cross-section of your writerly craft up to this point
1: it is yeah and it's really neat revisiting it it's like you know i found themes that i didn't expect when i looked over the stories that i've written in recent years like i have a lot of (laughs) granddaughter grandmother stories in there hmm. things like that that i wasn't fully conscious of at the time it's like huh there are there are a lot of grandmothers
0: <laughs> that so so this was illuminating for you as well as as a creative experience
1: it really was yeah and it's me because i look at it i think a lot of writers feel this way when you write something you submit it, you you know, and do all this and then it sells and you're like, okay and then you don't look at it for months or maybe even years and mm-hmm. then suddenly you read it again and it's like someone else wrote it and you <laughs> read it and you're going, wow this is really good I, I, I privately call them my C-3PO moments like in Return of the Jedi when they're with the Ewoks and Luke and the rest are about to be eaten and C-3PO, you know floats and all the Ewoks <laughs> think it's him but it's Luke making him float through the force. and c 3 po of course, being clueless thinks, Oh, I, I didn't know I had it in me. <laughs> and that's how I look at those moments. When I look at my own stories, and I was like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. The name of the, of the anthology one more time.
1: Red Dust and Dancing Horses and Other Stories.
0: Outstanding. And that'll be out beginning of November. So yeah. holy yeah. smokes, no. it's Halloween now. So it's coming up very shortly.
1: Yeah, it'll have its official release at World Fantasy, and people can get it from Fairwood Press there, and I'll sign it there at the booth. And then it's everywhere November seventh, and it's you can already pre-order it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, in print and an ebook.
0: <laughs> we will definitely make sure that hyperlink ends up in the liner notes. That's awesome. Um, I know you're also in the process of of writing more novels, yes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's on the third book in my trilogy. Yeah, okay.
0: How's that coming?
1: I'll let you know later in the month.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good. Well, geez, so it's Halloween. So uh, do you do, I think uh, I remember reading that uh, Clockwork Dagger started as a NaNoWriMo story?
1: No, but I had other earlier novels that were NaNoWriMo. So NaNoWriMo was huge in getting me to write again as an adult.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Do you, do you nano anymore?
1: I kind of did my own personal nano earlier this year in March and early April when I did my rough draft roar of sky. (laughs) I did like the 95,000 words in like 40 days thereabouts.
0: Whoa. That's huge. Yeah. Yep. And that's an important lesson, gang. NaNoWriMo does not have to happen in November. Uh, you can just pick any month and charge in and go for those 50,000 or 95,000 words uh, <laughs> in 30 to 40 days. That's awesome. Very cool. Other um, conventions on your radar?
1: Well, looking at 2018, I'm looking at my local big convention, Phoenix Comic Con. Because yes. I, I love it and I love being part of that i've gone from just being you know a casual fan in the crowd to actually getting to go through what i call the ninja roads and go you know the back hallways (laughs) down to the exhibit level and all that fun stuff so yeah i'll be there for sure as other events pop up uh if they go to my website and look on the right hand side of the page they'll see a maintained list of events and you know if, if it's a convention there'll be a list of my schedule and where they can see me on panels or readings or whatever i have going on
0: You have a marvelous website, by the way. It is thorough and comprehensive and fraught. I will also add, dear friends, with recipes for delectable confections that will actually make your eyes gain weight as you read them. Uh, (laughs) What's the URL for your website, Beth?
1: BethCato.com and that's Cato spelled C-A-T-O.
0: Yes, and and the the uh, uh, the culinary uh, uh, blog segment in there is bready or not?
1: Yeah, I'm a very punny person.
0: You are, and and that's yet another reason why you are so deeply appreciated here at the Archivos Podcast Network, because. <laughs> High five. Puns are awesome. All right. Well, I will make sure all of that gets into the liner notes, Beth, so that everybody can make with the clicky clicks and follow all the awesomeness that you have going on out of there in the world. Uh, but for now, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to take a pause and, and give, a, give a nod to our sponsor for this and all the episodes of the Archivos Podcast Network, the Archivos Story Development Application. Uh, and when we come back... Beth, I would love to brainstorm a story with you. What do you say?
1: Let's go for it.
0: <laughs> we have an accord. It shall be so. Friends, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's National Novel Writing Month, people. And if you're taking the 50,000-word NanoRimo challenge, then you got to start prepping. And I mean now. Archivos wants to help. From now until November 30th, any registered Nanorimo participant can get three months of Archivos absolutely free. Three months of all the story documentation, mapping, and timeline features, all the displays, everything you need to really wrap your head around your story totally free. With Archivos, you can look Nanorimo in the eye and say, I got this. Learn more about scoring three months of Archivos absolutely free at www.archivos.digital. That's A-R-C-H-I-V-O-S dot digital. Archivos. Your stories illuminated. Welcome back, dear friends, and now it's time for the meat and potatoes and the dessert, all of it, because really, why wait? Life is far too short of the Archivos Podcast Network, the brainstorm, and that does not happen without a bold and courageous, a creative and courageous guest writer striding boldly to the slightly less comfortable writer's chair here in the Archivos podcast virtual studios and friends our guest writer for this episode of Archivos Brainstorms is a newcomer to the church of writing and storytelling Uh, but he already considers himself to be a devoted member during the week he works in a technical field which helps him bring a more realistic and plausible depiction of science and technology to his stories to develop his wordsmithing prowess he does personal writing, and seeks out thought-provoking ideas and themes to wrestle with. Outside of his writing misadventures, he is a board game geek, occasional triathlete, and aspiring public speaker. Dear friends, please welcome to the writer's chair here at the Archivos Podcast Network's, Owen Sessions. Owen, dude, dude. Putting up your baby for for scrutiny and discussion is never an easy thing. I've done this so many times. I've even been in your shoes. I know it's not easy. So, so much respect and gratitude for the cojones to step up and offer your story, man. We really appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you very much, both of you, for giving me the opportunity to, to speak with you. And it is tough, but... Uh... I'm excited to see, hear what you have to say.
0: Ha, and you're in good hands. We promise we'll be gentle, firm but gentle. But real quick, how how does one be an occasional triathlete? How does that work?
2: Very good question. So <laughs> uh, the the triathlon season is roughly April through September, maybe a little bit longer. And I did three years: 2014, 2015, and 2016 did races in each of those seasons and then it's it's a lot of fun you get in really good shape but it's very very time consuming and i decided i wanted to do other stuff with my time so i may come back to it but uh time for a break at
0: least (laughs) time for a break absolutely and you got rich experiences that you can draw on in your storytelling as well exactly awesome very cool well Let's get into this, Owen. I'm I'm keen to hear your story. Now, you know how this works. We give you five to eight minutes. You give us the title, the genre, your target audience. Give us a tagline to set the stage. Introduce us to the world and the characters. Give us the, the basic tent poles of the story arc that you're envisioning, and that will be food set on the brainstorming table, and we'll dive in for a feast. So that's it. I'm done i'm getting out of the way <laughs> owen the mic is all yours man
2: you got it let's set this up so for the title and genre this story is currently without a title but because i am so generous i'm gonna call it corpus for you too uh, <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> so thoughtful of me i am allergic to boring book titles and song titles so this will definitely change to something more intriguing and or thematic Uh, The genre is sci-fi and or speculative fiction, but has elements of mystery in act one, thriller in act two, and heist in act three. It is written from the third-person limited perspective, and primarily, but not exclusively, follows Garrett, the main character. And just as a side note... Um, I am in the middle of cannibalizing an earlier version of this story. So um, some of the plot elements and character motivations still need to be updated to, to version 2.0. So I fully expect both of you to, to find and sniff those out and rip them to pieces. So <laughs> don't, don't be shy in, in, in sniffing those out. Right. <laughs> For the hook line, after waking up from a terrible car accident... A computer programmer learns that he has a disease that causes his identity to erode to nothing. He is recruited by a group that thinks the powerful corporation he works for is responsible for this disease and is actively hiding it from the world. For the themes for this story, there are three that I'm going to be exploring concurrently. First is identity. What is identity if memories can be transferred between people? Second is social media what does social media look like if you take it to its logical extreme? And three is corporate power. What happens if a corporation becomes, quote, too big to fail? For the world, this story is set in the near future, approximately 2028, but that may change and is tentatively set in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A corporation called Corpus has released a product called Hermes that allows you to record, relive and share your actual memories. This technology is a huge hit with consumers everywhere and is used by governments and militaries around the world. Hermes is your own personal AI companion and helps you access the experience economy, which is where you find whatever memory you want to experience. Recently, a protest organization has been gaining support, which wants to outlaw the Hermes to preserve human identity and counteract Corpus's tremendous power in every aspect of life. For characters, The main character is Garrett Winshaw, who is a so-called memory wrangler and member of the internal security team at Corpus. His mental tussles with the shadow, described below, do progressively more damage to his psyche as the story goes on and makes him more unstable as he works with his heist partners. Before the story begins, he sees no problem with what Corpus has created and spends too much time in the experience economy. Because of this, he is devastated when his link to it is cut for good. Through his struggles with the shadow, he learns his own identity as the one he really wants and can see what is wrong with his employer. His greatest strength is his inability to access the economy, which makes him an outsider and allows him to eventually see things others can't. The shadow, named to be determined, is Garrett's internal antagonist, which is a manifestation of the disease that he is now curing with him, and it chips away at his memory and sanity. It appears to Garrett in memories that are decaying in his, in his mind and can take on the appearance of anything in his subconscious. Eskiel Holm is a sort of antagonist, but not really, we can discuss that, for the team and is the chief security officer for Corpus. His greatest strength is his position and insider knowledge of the company, which he uses to control the direction of the organization. Before the story begins, he was forced to make a series of several impossible choices which have cascaded to twist his motives by the time the story begins. By the end, he has learned so- something from Garrett, but not enough to redeem himself from the scars he carries. Now for some supporting characters. Uh, Magdalene Maggie Graves is a black hat hacker who is trying to put her sordid past behind her. Her greatest strength is her coding and hacking abilities. She's trying to get away from her underground connections, but they're also very powerful and useful for what they do during the story, which produce unintended consequences when she calls on them. She is close friends with Danielle, who we'll describe in a second, and joins the heist team as a favor. The rest of the heist team, I'm still really combining, um, condensing down from the earlier version of the story, so these will be combined in some capacity. So there's Danielle Katsaros, who was a neuroeconomist, someone who studies human decision-making at Corpus until she tried to expose the company and had to go underground. She leads the heist team. Arnold Blackmore is a white hat hacker. And just for your knowledge, Black Hat is someone who breaks into security protocols uh, with sort of malicious intent and a white hat hacker is a defender. And Arnold is another hacker at another too-big-to-fail company, which specializes in AI and robotics and is a part of the protest group as well as the heist team. He wants revenge against Corpus because his mother was one of the first quote-unquote dreamers that died as a result of the company's inaction. Maggie's brother, Peter Graves, is the biometrics expert of the group and still needs an interesting backstory, if we include him at all. Okay, now onto the story here. Split into three acts. Uh, The story begins with Garrett bleeding out on the freeway after his car accident. He passes out and has a dream where he witnesses the symbolic birth of the shadow. He wakes up in a hospital bed with new organs, but learns the damage to his brain prevents him from using his Hermes ever again. After being discharged, he goes to a coffee shop where he has his first awake encounter with the shadow. He loses badly and realizes that the memories they were fighting over are now gone. The next day, he goes back into work for a special assignment to observe a so-called psychic dissection of a suicide victim. He goes out with a friend after work and tells them all about what has happened since the accident. After his friend leaves, Maggie approaches him and says she can help. Garrett doesn't believe her when she says Corpus is covering something up, but is intrigued anyway. Back at his normal work duties the next day, he has another bad encounter with the shadow. As he's leaving work later that day, he stumbles upon a classified document that proves Maggie was right and Corpus knows about the disease he is experiencing. That's the end of act one. Act two, Garrett goes back to the hospital to try to get relief for his symptoms, but isn't successful. He reaches out to Maggie and reaches and meets the rest of the heist team. They explain to him how his disease works and why it causes victims to commit suicide. Danielle asks Garrett if he will help the team break into the Corpus facility to expose the company, and he accepts. Back at work, he is able to get close to Eskiel home to set up for the activities to come. A couple days later, they execute phase one of their plan at a large Corpus protest, which is put on by that big protest organization. Their plan to interrogate home fails because of another of Garrett's encounters with the shadow, but he learns other valuable pieces of information. They all escape, except Arnold is badly hurt during the process. That's the end of act two. For act three, Garrett's failure at the protest means that the timeline for the heist has to be accelerated. The the infiltration plan works with a few minor setbacks and they make it down to the brain room without being detected by the exit guards. After they find some incriminating evidence, they find out that Maggie cannot extract the data digitally because it falls apart as soon as you try. Garrett has an, has another encounter with the shadow and learns how to stabilize the evidence so Maggie can leave. He is also able to imprison the shadow so that his disease is temporarily halted. They start making their escape but are forced to split up by the guards. Arnold leaves them behind and Garrett watches as Peter gets captured. As Garrett flees in the car, he gets distracted and collides with another vehicle. He knows he is dying, but does so happily knowing that corpus will be exposed to the world. The end.
0: Bam. All right. Very good. And well-timed, sir. Just just in the nick. Well done. All right. Um, before we dive into this, Owen, uh, what are you hoping to get out of the next eh, half hour or so of brainstorming? Fantastic question Dave.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured you'd ask this. So two things in particular. One is uh, the overall impressions of the story. So does it have promise? Are there any sort of major foundational issues that I need to address now that are going to um, sink me later? And then second, I sort of alluded to before, um, this is sort of the in process cannibalized version and so there's a lot of extra fluff or stuff left over. So, how to condense down characters, how to condense down plot points and change them as necessary, salvage, basically salvage what I need, and then get rid of the rest. Many of the motivations and plot points don't quite sync up, um, in particular in Act 2 and Act 3 especially, um, and haven't been updated for these new themes. So, those are the two things. Okay. All right. And
0: I guarantee you there's going to be a few more uh, that we'll throw on the the Barbie, as it were. Um, But uh, we have it. Excellent. That's why I'm here. Excellent. I think we I think we can help. Uh, but before we do, we need to cover our butts. Uh uh so uh Owen Sessions, listen up, man. Uh you are about to receive a deluge of insights and inspirations. Uh but it is vitally important that you remember that Anything said from this point forward by myself or Beth uh, might be complete hornswoggle. Uh, (laughs) This is your story, dude, and you get to decide what you keep and what you throw away in terms of what's coming at you. Are you cool with that? Sounds great. Awesome. (laughs) We <laughs> our butts are covered. Excellent. Let's dive into the brainstorming goodness then. Uh, and we always start our brainstorms with a quick once around the table, just to get a sense of uh, uh, what the key themes are that we're zeroing in on. Uh, maybe some of the the issues that we want to address, and any questions of clarification we have. And we always lead with our guest host. So Beth Cato, if you would be so kind, what are your first impressions of Owen's story, and what what questions of clarification do you have?
1: I think it's a really cool concept. I've seen a couple others that other stories that touch on some of the issues involved here about memory and AI development. But this does bring some really unique twists in it. And I really like how Garrett develops throughout and the way you have it outlined in the acts. He definitely has an evolution process through this. Thank you. So along with that, I was wondering, what is your word count goal when you're reconstructing this right now?
2: Um, I've sketched out some of the chapters just to sort of see how they're looking, but I really don't have any expectations or knowledge or experience to really judge what that will look like yet. Well, Cause I am well, new, I am new to this whole game.
1: Well, and you know, let me tell you, that's how you learn. And it's a hard process.
2: Sometimes. <laughs> Why do you ask so, Beth out of
0: curiosity?
1: Because it, I'm wondering about the pacing throughout. And, you know, it's very different if you're looking at a longer short story versus on a novelette or a novella or looking at a full scale book. And then, you know, even when you're looking at a book, you know, there are some different, you know, there's wiggle room with how you can develop things in there.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I felt the same way. I, I, I was curious whether this was intended to be a novel or a novella because the, the events as laid out, acknowledging the fact that the the, the restrictions of time uh it, tend to compress things significantly um, I'm wondering if there's enough going on here to fill uh, a novel and whether you were targeting a, a more novella format or if you want us to advance forward uh, and explore some novel scope uh, uh, plot ideas
2: I like the idea of new scope um, I've I've basically discarded much from the earlier version of the story um, but let's fill it up with something more interesting okay
0: Okay. Um, other, other questions or observations, Beth, just for this first round?
1: Well, I wonder about Corpus as, a, it, it's an accurate name, but it also, I don't know how well it would actually market a company. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good point. Good point.
1: It, it might be a little bit too on point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> little, ooh, yeah, really. <laughs> Unless that's what you're going for. But yeah, that's a good point. Uh, uh, since body, the body count is going to rise, uh, <laughs> that, that, that might be a little on the nose. Uh, for myself, Owen, uh, a couple of questions. Um, and again, some of these may have answers, some of these not,
2: uh, but I'm just going to ask. Uh, Pittsburgh, why Pittsburgh? Good question. So uh, the original version of this story emerged just as a sort of a scene in my head in 2011, and I I wrote like half a page about it and then put it in my, my computer drawer for four years. So I was walking on the uh, Carnegie Mellon campus, and I don't know if you know this, they're really big on like computer science and AI type stuff, and I was like, this would be a good setting <laughs> for that story that I sort of had an idea once, and I, <laughs> so I pulled it back up and, and sort of ran with it from there. Okay. Are you planning on incorporating aspects
0: of Pittsburgh and that university uh, uh, into the story for somehow, some way, or is that just sort of the this is the feel I want? It doesn't matter whether it's Pittsburgh or you know Sheboygan.
2: Short answer is no. Okay. Um, our main character is probably going to go to one of those fancy universities because he's a high-powered computer science type guy. But I have been there a couple times and so I sort of know that part of the city and so I do sort of reference it in passing but it's not really uh, a main focus well and and
0: moving forward then and I won't beat this horse anymore um, because you're looking at near future because you're setting it in a knowable place and it's a primary world uh, uh, anybody in Pittsburgh or in the area is going to be looking at your novel going wait why why is it they'll be looking for stuff Uh, And and it's really it's an opportunity for you. And I I will reference Beth's research mojo here uh, to explore the themes of the. Uh, uh, neighborhoods and the culture of Pittsburgh extrapolate forward to 2028 and see if those can align to the story that you're trying to tell regarding identity and corporate power, since both of those themes can be very pertinent to uh, a community as well as to an individual or a nation.
2: That's an excellent idea.
0: Just a thought. I like it. Um, the other thing that just really might, my, my, my ears went, ooh, really, um, is the fact that Hermes is run by an AI companion, but at no point in the story is the AI referenced or a part of the tale. Is that because of the compression, or are you not really planning on having the AI factor into
2: the the the, the business at hand? Mm-hmm. No, good question. So uh, part of that is due to the compression, but the AI... Maybe I'm just getting my lingo uh, screwed up, but AI, machine learning, basically, it learns over time how your particular brain cells fire, your neurons fire, and then can basically translate that to whoever else wants to "quote unquote" experience you, take one of your, borrow one of your memories uh, when they they jump in and want to to take a look. In the economy. So, so. It's,
0: more, it's more sophisticated code than actual consciousness, which when you say AI, people tend to leap towards the, oh, it's a self aware consciousness within a computer. That's not what you're going for.
2: Correct. Yeah. Machine, okay. machine learning, or whatever the term gotcha. is, is probably
0: better. Uh, this is this is where your technical background, because I know AI in my technical background is is not you know freaking HAL from 2001. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that AI takes a lot of meanings. Exactly. But, but from a storytelling standpoint, sp- I think you'll want to be clear about that because that sets mm-hmm. an expectation that will be thwarted horribly by your listeners. Although I have ideas. Um, exactly. One last question, then we'll get into the brainstorm. Um, uh, at the onset, uh, Garrett is in an auto accident. Witnesses the birth of the shadow, and he discovers he has this brain disease. Uh, was the brain disease caused by the accident?
2: Yes. Yeah, so that's the intention. Um, okay. Yep, enough got rearranged that uh, he, he can't jump back into the uh, ecosystem, and he can't. Uh, and he now has this disease. I, I, I get it, and I'm
0: cool with it to a point but I have this instinct to make it not be an accident uh, uh oh, to, to have it okay. either be something that's done to him or that it's a choice that he makes uh uh consciously oh, oh. Uh, of some some I, I, kind
1: I, I really I really like that too
0: okay okay um I just I like my protagonist to have a little agency uh uh and it feels like Garrett's agency is limited throughout the arc he tends to be very responsive uh, and agrees to come along on the heist, but his actual initiative and impact, he's more of a detriment to the team mm-hmm. until the very end. Uh, right. So I think we need to address that and make him more protagonisty uh, in <laughs> in that regard. That is a new word. You may use it. Copyright Archivos Podcast Network 2017. <laughs> One other thing, I think the three themes that you're putting out there are all three very cool. I think also all three of them could be a novel in and of themselves. Uh, Of course. And it may come down to a choice of picking one, having it nuanced by the other two, but we can explore that later. Um, Beth, where do you want to dive in on this?
1: Well, let's look at the beginning and the end. Because those both stood out to me when I was jotting down notes. And I've, I've read Slush before. I've seen a lot of patterns, I follow a lot of editors and magazines, and they stood out to me as being a touch on the cliché side. And when you mention him waking up, you know, bleeding out on the freeway, and then going into a dream sequence, Mm -hmm. those two things to start are things that editors see a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's something that Hollywood also throws at us a lot. So I wonder about that as a starting point. And I also question in the end, his sacrifice to me, that feels a bit too easy. And again, a bit on the cliche side, because I think the more challenging thing and for a more rewarding story overall is him fighting to survive. And again, going back like Dave was saying with with agency and more empowerment from the start, I think he also needs to maintain that through the end. And maybe, yeah. and maybe he might die as a result of everything, but maybe not go for the full self-sacrifice. Maybe have more involved there. Well, maybe
0: we could pick up the story a little later in the narrative. Yeah. uh you, you talked about him going in for a, a, a psychic dissection. Mm-hmm. Um that actually sounds really freaking fascinating. Uh, yes. uh, especially if it's if it's a psychic dissection of something bad uh, or something unprecedented or something unheard of.
1: And okay, a good place to show us the world too and the technology involved. That would be a really good place to show us right away that this is near future and we have this really cool stuff. And I do want to add the term experience economy is awesome.
2: <laughs> Thank you. That is
1: a fantastic term.
0: Yes. And and exploring that social media context and environment with that as a lens. Uh yeah. oh my God. I, I I think I think you're gonna be in danger of getting lost down many rabbit holes, Owen, as you <laughs> write this thing exploring all of this. Uh let me let me offer the op- the possibility that maybe instead of Owen, uh Owen, I'm already casting you as your protagonist, um Garrett uh, uh getting the shadow right away maybe the person they're doing the 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 dissection on is the first victim of the shadow
2: Ooh.
0: okay and there, there's something missing as far as the nature of the danger the stakes at hand the shadow what does it do you just die it's basically your brain is overwritten what is the peril of the shadow
2: Yep. No, uh, th- this is the, the question I've sort of been struggling with myself. The shadow is sort of a manifestation of the uh, the, the memories of the person, the victim, are, are basically tearing themselves apart. The more time you spend in the experience economy, the more other people's memories you're going to experience. And the brain cannot reconcile, this is, quote unquote, me, and this is me uh, hand gliding, or, or or being the president gotcha. of the United States, or it's whatever. identity
0: crisis, basically.
2: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. And that, so then it it's sort of like a um, I don't have an exact citation, but what some disease that um, oh this this isn't a part of this memory isn't a part of me, so I better absorb it back into my body, sort of stuff. So, so I could
0: see conceivably somebody afflicted with the shadow uh, uh, waking up and seeing a stranger, a strange man next to you, a strange woman next to you freaking out and killing them because they're clearly, they're in your bedroom and they're right. attacking you. They must be, ah, die, die, die. Oops, actually, that was your husband or wife <laughs> uh, and you woke up thinking you were somebody else and and having this, having Garrett be called in to brush this under the carpet. Mm, and- yes. And having that be his point of crisis, maybe? I don't know. Beth, what do you think about that?
1: I think that has really cool potential, especially going back to your earlier remark about him and that inciting incident on the freeway, having that be a choice, maybe one that he doesn't even remember, and he has to recover that later on. But for a choice on his part to either as a suicide or maybe maybe he's trying to gain access to a medical wing or you know there's there's a strategy there where he's taking an active role in propelling himself into this and endangering himself to move himself forward
0: yes holy crap you just totally sparked something yes what if (laughs) what if garrett is suffering from the shadow disease but isn't aware of it Ooh! Yes. What? What? You know? So? So? You know? Things are happening. I, I, I'm thinking. Um. Oh God. Uh. Uh. Fight Club. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. This thing is set up to be a a, a sci-fi uh, a version of Fight Club conceivably. Okay. I'm I'm just gonna put that out there and put it on the table. Um. But I. That's that's got potential. So as we move forward, then, and Beth, I wanted to ask you about this. Garrett seems very lonely. Um, he seems very alone. I want to actually, I want to ask you first, Owen, does he have any siblings, uh, any parents? Does he have a wife? Does he have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Uh, what does he have? Any
2: social engagement at all? Good question. I envision there's going to be something, but I haven't really fleshed it out yet. Um, and the reason for that is I I sort of attempted to allude to it in my description of him, but he, because he's been so sort of sucked in to the experience economy, he's really neglected all of these relationships. But yes, yeah, so there are going to be some of those relationships.
0: Okay. All but they're right. not,
2: they're on the rocks basically.
0: Okay. Beth, what, uh, here, here's what I'm thinking. Here's the thing that's, that's, uh, uh spinning for me, uh, in a world where social media is so vital and critical, uh, it seems like people In order to illustrate and illuminate That social media theme That is one of the stated themes of the story We need to have social engagement mm-hmm. which, which means We either need to have Garrett be much more Engaged and, and much More socially active In his role as security Person or we need Another character Yeah uh, uh, and, and you know I don't want to pad your cast list just for the sake of narrative, but Beth, what do you think about that? what what are your what are your thoughts as far as is that a really an issue, and how could we resolve it?
1: well, he he needs social connections, and I think it really plays to what what I'm wondering beneath all this is what is his end motivation? And what was it before the freeway accident and what does it become in the course of things other than, you know, there's the big one of, okay, taking corpus down, but in the end, there's also what is beyond that. And I think the social connections around him will play into that because it, I'm wondering what the world building and how social media develops in this setting. Because for me, it's the sense of, okay, I'm an isolated writer and, you know, all my friends are on Facebook and Twitter. So through the day when my husband's at work, these are the people I'm really socializing with. And in Garrett's case, I mean, after his accident, does he lose a lot of those connections? Because you know, you said before he can't really fully engage in the experience economy, then, right?
2: Correct. No, I like that idea.
1: So I'm wondering how that affects him psychologically. Because okay, he's just had this major accident, and you know, maybe he maybe he did have all of those connections before the accident. But what is he afterward? Is he completely adrift? Is You know, is he, you know, did he used to have all of these voices and and these memories in his head? And now all of a sudden there's this maddening silence. And what does that do to him?
0: See, and that's the problem that I have with having Garrett be cut off in the first, you know, paragraph of the book is that basically at that point, then the only experience the reader is going to have since you're working with third, third person close on Garrett, right, Owen?
2: For the most part. Yeah.
0: So if if it's third person close on Garrett, then his perceptions are going to be the ones that the readers have. Uh, So all we're going to get of the social media experience that is so informed by this personality, memory, shunting, sharing thing is a third person third third person is that the sixth person Uh, account of what the social media looks like i'm 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 thinking we need to have some first person experience of the social media in order to grok the scope beth am i off off base on that do you think we can pull this off without that
1: I'm wondering if it could be a more gradual thing. Instead of it being this dramatic boom accident, you lose everything and you're disconnected. What if it is a more gradual erosion as the shadow plays a part? I'm thinking of like, you know, if Facebook goes down and everyone goes on Twitter and all you see on Twitter is everyone, Facebook is down, My, you know, <laughs> the comments are working and everyone kind of shifts to a different medium to complain about it. I'm, that- wondering, I'm wondering if in Garrett's case, what if in his head, Facebook suddenly shuts down and he's like, I can't talk to these people. This is weird. And then kind of realizes like, oh, this is just me and what's happening. What's going on in my head.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Would that, would yeah. That work with what you're conceiving here.
2: I hadn't thought of it, but I really like the idea.
0: Yeah. I like it too. I like it too. I think, I think it gives us, it, it, it establishes the value And interest. Uh, Exactly. And then also sets up a crisis for, you know, oh, my God, I don't have this. Who am I without this? You know, which is kind of cool, which if he is wrestling with the shadow, but he doesn't know it, then the question of who am I without social media becomes who am I, period. And you get this nice little escalation of, as you say, exploring identity. Uh, and moving forward from there, I think I think that will give you uh, a little more room, Owen, to explore and world build, and also set up uh, some more intimate engagements as shared memories and experiences uh, uh, can be experienced firsthand by the reader.
1: Because that's the yeah. hook. I right. Think your experience economy is really the cool hook that you have in this whole setup, and it's just it's fascinating because it has a sense of plausibility to it. And I know I would really love to see how it looks and then to witness his sense of loss and feel that along with him. Yeah. Yep. No,
0: it's excellent. I agree.
2: Running as fast as I can.
0: Dude, you do know this is recorded, right?
2: (laughs) I know. know, I'm not going to be working with this tonight, so I can't wait until it's
0: released. Roger that. Roger that. I respect that. What else, Beth, what else is, is, is flagging for you in terms of points that need to be addressed?
1: I think you have a lot of good basic plot points there in that you've mapped out the people who are going to help him who are going to support him. Most of my questions go to the initial world building structure and how he fits into that and how you have his involvement and how that escalates mapped out really well. But for me, I really am wondering more about that internal and especially how that, that battle with the shadow plays out. And going through the end, like I said, I really wonder about his ultimate motivations beyond, you know, revealing what Corpus is doing. I want to know what the long-term goal is for him and what yeah. he's going
0: I do too, actually. Owen, do you have a, a sense of who Garrett is before the accident? What is what is his dream before the, the first word of the first chapter?
2: I haven't finished that completely. I mean, I know it still needs to, to be in there, but I was I, you're having too much fun writing <laughs> <World> individual, <building. laughs> individual chapters and I got bogged down. But I f- um, I feel no, you, no that is open for interpretation and please contribute as you see fit.
0: Okay. Beth, I'm 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 intrigued by his role as a security uh, personnel within Corpus, and I'm wondering if there's some kind of uh, uh, justice compulsion uh, that we could play on, or you know, a military background, maybe. Um, yeah,
1: what age?
2: What background for him? He is um, early thirties, late twenties. Um, he's established. I mean, he. He knows the industry and has the sort of technical skills to um, do what he, he needs to do. He's not like a uh, new graduate, like, oh, this is my first job sort of thing.
1: Yeah, that's good. He has some maturity and experience to draw on then.
0: He also needs a scar. <laughs> yeah. He, he, needs, he needs something. I mean... Based on our discussion last week, uh, uh, giving him something that he's fighting against—not fighting against—something that he's struggling with, that is hampering him. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, I don't I don't think the disease counts. Uh, I think that disease, the disease is story. And honestly, the more I think about him having the disease and not knowing it, the more excited I become. Uh, I really I, like that idea. especially if we have different POV characters. Mm-hmm in it throughout the book and it turns out they're all freaking garrett yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> mind blown anyway yeah, I
1: mean, he is a security professional what if he created the shadow what what if that was part of his goal all along was he actually realized okay you know corpus is up to some really shady stuff here what if you know what if it was intended to be Maybe a safety mechanism. Ooh, yes! Uh, you know, it, uh, something that will bounce you out of the system, or or but something
0: it, that something that pursues that pursues. Uh, oh God! Um, use your words, Dave. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is a it's a security program that's exceeding if,
1: bandwidth warning.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Um, so say that again. I missed that.
1: <laughs> well, like an exceeding bandwidth warning. Um, oh yeah, yeah. there like okay? Your brain is taking in too much. And maybe it's like an enforced sabbatical where it technically it's like, okay, you, you know, you need to be offline for a certain amount of time. So your brain actually has time to recover and recuperate, but instead it actually harms the brain instead. I mean, there's so much potential within oh, that. God. It's such a cool concept.
0: I know. Let, what if, what if that's its overt purpose, which is what they got everybody to sign on for it for. It'll make sure that you don't exceed your, your brain width of, of memories or experiences. But really...
1: I like that. <laughs> I like
0: that a lot, yeah. Use it. I, I give it to you freely, sir. Um, but really, it's a security protocol that's that's like scoping out and sussing out potential threats and hazards. You said that the military and law enforcement and, and other governmental agencies are using Hermes uh, uh, for their own purposes what if this is a tool maybe garrett created the tool to look for threats and yeah. is assessing and evaluating uh, uh personalities and experiences and waves through the shared yeah. things right yeah. uh, uh trigger
1: warnings it's looking for like personal trigger warnings perhaps right
0: and it gets out of control or oh crap oh crap or that 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 uh, uh, AI that we said isn't an AI is is just machine learning in act three it has become self-aware thanks to Garrett's security protocol <laughs> it is it, it, because the security protocol creates some sort of network web that looks for this unified gestalt of what is a bad person and that was all that the AI needed to have a template of consciousness And, and basically we have Skynet. If they don't, if they don't stop the AI, if they don't break it, we get Skynet because that's its job. That's what Garrett told it to do. Look for bad guys. Ooh, you know what? Everybody's a little fricking bad. Uh, maybe it's best if we just wipe these people out completely.
1: Starting with the people in the comment sections. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Put them down first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the consciousness that, that he, he made, because he being the, the machine sniffed out, is, okay, this is what a person is, and people are just bad. Right. Exactly.
1: Troll hunter.
0: <laughs> God, there you go. There's your book title. <laughs> Troll hunter. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, that, that could be a, a, a like a code name or something.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> Guys, I'm looking at the clock and it's it's ticking down here. As as fun as this is, and I think there's probably more to explore. I think we're gonna need to start winding this towards the final uh, the final stages of the brainstorm proper. Um, what I'd like to do is just do one more around the table with me and Beth. Uh, and and give some final thoughts or considerations to Owen, and and you know fill his pockets with some advice and some literary gold that can take him forward and help him write this story, which is <laughs> going to be fabulous. Beth, uh, uh, we'll start with you, ma'am. What what are your final thoughts or final bits of advice or insight to impart unto Owen?
1: Is such a cool concept, and you have so much potential for depth, not only in sci-fi development and what social media can become but on a very personal level of identity and what it means to be yourself and to maintain yourself when social media becomes you know this all-consuming entity so i think you have really cool stuff here i can understand why you're drowning in it though and having to redraft because <laughs> this is a this is a big idea
2: yeah thank you yeah and, there's a lot going on
1: there is a lot going on and I'm going to tell you right now sometimes when you're starting out that's very daunting to start and if you and if you need to give yourself permission to kind of let the idea rest for a little bit as you continue to mold over and maybe work on something else in the meantime that's mm. okay too because sometimes with big ideas like this you're not ready for it completely as a writer and it, it can overwhelm you and it can make you stop writing because it can totally overwhelm you yeah yeah, so I, I just want to say, this is really cool, but be easy on yourself, even as you go forward <laughs> on this, because this is so cool and so big. It's a lot to take in and parse.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: That, And that is excellent advice. I will definitely echo that. In fact, I'll I'll piggyback on it just a little bit uh, uh, and suggest that the concepts that you are are grappling with are ginormous and the framework that you've selected for exploring those themes is equally ginormous and awesome Um, to help with what Beth was describing and dealing with the enormity of what's going on. I would recommend picking three very specific things about the themes, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of what you want to explore and three very specific things about your world. Uh, you know, the, the experience economy, uh, the Hermes, mm-hmm. the AI, whatever the shadow pick three things that you really, really like and, and figure out what those are. See where those Points that you pick intersect. See if there's a Venn diagram between AI and some aspect of identity or whatever. Look for, you're looking for a framework. To to hang okay. your story upon right now it feels like you've got these great pillars but there's no connective tissue in terms of what's being said and and, and the message that you want to convey I'm not sure what you want to say about identity uh, uh, or social media or corporate power um, and and again I, I will definitely own the the, the brevity of the uh, time frame to to <laughs> allow for that but still that should be crystal clear and and that should be crystal clear to you as well. So yeah, definitely, I agree with with what Beth said. Take your time, do some analysis and exploration of what you feel is so cool about this story, so that when you attack it again, uh, uh, you're you're focused and targeted. Um, the other things that I wanted to share, just real quick, um, as cool as it is to have a protest group and a group of of plucky rebels uh, that Garrett can <laughs> fall into, um, I'm going to suggest you get rid of them. And make them friends, make these people a part of Garrett's social circle and have the revelations that Garrett is having uh, uh, be shared by these individuals and have Garrett be the one that says, screw it. We cannot let this happen and have it turn into a escalation of we need to isolate this. We need to contain this. We need to fix this. We need to break this. You know, first In, we, and
2: just to confirm my understanding, then for for that last statement, you said that's, uh, corp, corpus is the one that's gone too far, correct? Or or is that is that is that his his creation, the shadow instead?
0: I, uh, I'm both, not, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh. Uh. And make. Make the trials that Garrett is. being you know, we, I think we need to social Garrett up a bit. Uh, yeah. uh, and having this this group of individuals and have some of them not be hackers and nerds. Um, <laughs> let, let's go ahead and get some some somebody that you know the other you know fifty percent of your demographic can relate to, uh, there you go. Uh, and yeah. be, <laughs> and be snarky about the the geeks and nerds with their fancy lingo and their stupid hats. Um, you know, <laughs> let's let's have that in there as well. Um, but so, said. social him up, uh, uh, give him agency, know what you're trying to say as you move forward. And also the last thing would be, accept the fact that you will not get this all into a single book. Um, in okay. fact, Beth, <laughs> Beth has demonstrated in her life that sometimes you can explore a story world through short stories and novellas as well as novels. Uh, so don't feel like you have to tell the entire story in a single book. So
2: No, that's good advice. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so uh, I need to figure out what the actual plot points will be, but the uh, the novella, if I understood everything correctly, the novella idea is, is out the window.
0: <laughs> <laughs> conceivably, conceivably, or you can trim the story down and, and make it a novella and, and make it a multi-stage novella. Here's, here's the first point, cliffhanger, second novella, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah. Well, you, you guys gave me too much fun to work with, and now you can't tease me and take it away.
0: <laughs> Up to you, dude. It's your story. You already signed the disclaimer. Yeah.
2: Dude, no, this is gold. This is gold. I th- I love it. I love it. That was awesome. I
1: was. I'm just. I. This has been awesome because I mean, we're all kind of getting into the enthusiasm of this because you have so much cool stuff going on here, <laughs> and I can't help but being enthusiastic too because I want to see what you do with this too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now. Now. Oh, and here's the deal. Uh. uh as, as a, a guest writer, we, we want to help you. We want to support you as you move forward in writing this thing. So as, as a, a token of our appreciation for you having the cojones to share a story and also to help you write it, we are going to give you a free year of Archivos story development To help you build your world, isolate your events, identify your characters and the relationships between them, help you document all of this awesomeness that you have going on.
2: Thank you very much. Yes, very
0: absolutely. Much. And actually, Beth, uh, uh, this also extends to you as as a thank you for your incredible insights and, and contributions to that froth of a brainstorm. We would also like to extend to you a free year of Archivo story development to play around with and see if it jibes with your, your plotter, your ever-increasing plot <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, outlines as they evolve moving forward. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you, Dave. That is so cool.
0: You are most welcome. I hope it helps you both uh, become more fabulous storytellers and share share the goodness that's out there. Uh, dude, Owen, that was awesome, man. Thank you so very much for stepping up and offering the story. It was outstanding, man.
2: Thank you both for your wonderful insights. <laughs> it was a lot, lot, lot to absorb, but. Um- Take a lot of it with me. That's there
0: great. you go. Your head is reeling. And, and you can ping me later. I'll send you the raw audio if you missed some notes. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Beth, this was a delight. I'm so glad we found the time to get you on here. You are why we bring veteran authors into this mix. Uh, you, you have an aesthetic and an insight and an experience of story that allows you to target the areas that we really needed to explore. That was a delight, ma'am. Thank you so very much.
1: I just had a blast doing this. Thank you so much for inviting me
0: on. Excellent. Excellent. Your first, you know, God, public even brainstorm. So (laughs) I'm glad it was a positive experience. Yes. (laughs) And friends, as long as we're doling out the gratitude, thank you for hitting the play button and tuning in. Without you, we're just a bunch of people on a Skype line talking story, which is awesome and and wonderful. But now you got to catch the spark. You are en fuego with that same creative mojo. If you're feeling the love, feel free to pay it forward. Spread the word. Share a link. Let people know about the Archivos Podcast Network. Because this is badassery that's happening right now. here and more people need to know about it by god and i am sitting here drenched it's that awkward time of year when the ac sometimes turns on or sometimes the heat does and during this brainstorm the heat kicked on and i am even more sweaty than usual i'm spent uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you, friends Like a phoenix from the ashes We will return We'll be back We'll have Marie billido back as co-host We will continue the exploration We will we will bring back another guest host To pour wisdom in our ears Another courageous guest writer To, to share a tale for a brainstorm More Archivos Podcast Network goodness for all Uh, And that's going to be, you know, probably a couple weeks and we apologize for that. But I will tell you, friends, as I always do, you find what you're looking for. So if you go out during these intervening weeks and look for the top shelf blue label goodness, look for that lost Christmas present at the back of the Christmas tree, look for the fabulosity in the world. And if you seek it out. I promise you, friends, you will find it. We'll be back in just 14 days. Until then, you guys stay cool, stay frothy, and stay awesome. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This episode of Archivos Brainstorms is copyright 2017 by Wonder Thing Studios. And it is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. To find out what that means and how you can use this content in your own presentations, visit www.creativecommons.org. Theme music for this episode of Archivos Brainstorms was performed by the Hep Cats of Brotown Gary Gold, David LaBroyer, Billy Nobel, and Matt O'Donnell. If you would like to be a guest writer or guest host, join in on the conversation, or just learn more about the Archivos Podcast Network, visit our website at www.archivos.digital and click the podcast link. That's A-R-C-H-I-V-O-S dot digital. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash archivospodcast and on Twitter at writerspodcast. And you can always email us at podcast at archivos.digital. Thanks for listening.